This is Robert Mardlachi, the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. And welcome to This Week in Canadian EdTech, special back-to-school edition. I'm honored to have join me for a Mindshare Learning Moment, two EdTech industry legends, Lisa Smucky, who is the founder and CEO of EdWeb, and Kathy Hurley, my former vice president at the Learning Company with over 40 years in EdTech and Metro Mine. A um, little bit about Lisa. Lisa, as I said, is the founder and CEO of EdWeb, an award-winning professional learning network that serves the global education community. EdWeb helps educators share their best ideas and practices to improve teaching and learning and prepare students to be successful in life. A little bit about Kathy. As I said, over 40 years in EdTech, she began her career in special ed. Uh, worked her way up to uh, the learning company vice president and uh, and Pearson Foundation vice president uh, and Plato Learning to name uh, others. She's on multiple boards. And as I said, uh, a former colleague of mine at the Kevin O'Leary, a notable company, the learning company. Thank you for joining me this afternoon, ladies. This is great. Thank you, Robert. Happy to be here. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I wish we were uh, having a different kind of conversation today, but, uh, you know, it's back to school and it's uh, it's been a crazy 16 months or so um, with COVID. It, there's been immense innovation, uh, inspiration, ed techs have flourished, uh, kids have flourished, kids have gone to school, back home, hybrid. Um, and here we are. What are your What are your thoughts on on back to school? Currently, we're in class at the moment. The good news is there's a high vaccination rate uh, in in many pockets, but COVID is still uh, a thing with the fourth wave that we're seeing here. How about in your backyards? Well, I think Lisa Kathy and I are both in New Jersey at the moment. Wow. <laughs> Very close. Lisa was the mind reader. Her whole business was virtual. Her business right. was was booming. How did you know that, Lisa? I don't know. We started ten years ago, and I thought I thought educators should you know have a platform to learn how to use social networking because the kids were already on Facebook, but had no thought that it would be used for a pandemic. Uh, yeah, it's so. really come of age, though it it has in professional learning when you consider conservatively 50% of educators had never really used tech-infused pedagogy tools, that yeah. they, they had to upskill that rapidly. So it goes to show professional learning can can be just in time if it has to be in an yeah, emergency. And, and, and we have heard that, you know, the, the term silver linings is used a lot, but, you know, that, that prof, uh, virtual professional learning was one of the, those silver linings. But, you know, Robert, to your, to your point, and, um, I think this past year, I've been so impressed how educators have pushed the envelope and been creative and responded to crises and chaos. Um, and I just, I just wish that we were in a place right now where more people were vaccinated and we weren't under threat of the the virus spreading more and potentially causing the, a return to remote, um, which no no one wants to go there. Everybody really wanted to be in an in-person uh you know teaching environment learning environment this year right 
Absolutely. Kathy, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's really affected everyone's business. I think Lisa's right. People have gotten used to uh, doing virtual professional learning. That's actually been a, a good part of this. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that uh, teachers and principals and superintendents, I mean, they are just in a whirlwind. Parents are weighing in more than ever. Right. So you have to deal with the community. You have to deal with parents. You're dealing with after school programs. And I think there's just so many priorities on everybody's plates. They're just trying to figure it out as each, each day comes. Absolutely. And we're shifting from a crisis learning to future-proofing learning, is, which is, incidentally, the theme of our uh, 12 Schools of the Future uh, at Tech Summit, which, Kathy, you, you spoke at at York University in Toronto going I back did, a few years I ago. Did. I would love to come back again. I just... I can't do it this year. But I know I'll, schedules I'll don't always mesh, yes. but we will definitely. I have a new book coming out, so I can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That would be wonderful. Now, you do have a book that you published shortly after retirement. Uh, yeah. I'm in the midst of writing one, and my family keeps bothering me about needing to do more writing and less talking. Yeah, well, the new book I have, it's, it's called the, uh, well, it's, it's untitled yet, it's coming out uh, late fall, but it's uh, around the women, international women, and we have uh, someone from Canada in there. Yes. Uh, uh, people, uh, women who have the entrepreneurial mindset, and we even have Lisa Schmucky is in there, is one of our people. Wonderful. And well, you've done so much for women in, in, in tech and business, and, uh, you know, the Dolls Network is another organization that... Uh, has really flourished and inspired women. That yeah. uh, that acronym is uh, it's it's a well kept secret intentionally, yeah. isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah. Happen. Same thing. You you got yeah. didn't you get a black jacket for making it happen? Yeah, and and, and the dogs as well on the, the the male version of that. But uh, let's let's reflect back. I was supposed to join you at the ASU GSV Summit, which is now. Uh, by far the largest industry summit in, in education. Uh, we, we miss EdNet. EdNet was a fabulous gathering every year that we would connect that. But uh, I unfortunately wasn't able to travel down to San Diego, one of my favorite cities, but there was a lot going on and it was face-to-face. -face. And uh, so perhaps you can talk about, Lisa, some of your takeaways from, uh, from that summit. And you've been very immersed in the ed EdTech startup culture uh, both of you have and uh there's uh, it's never been a more exciting time to be in education i'd like to say yeah i i mean i agree and and it was uh really wonderful to go to a conference where with so many people you know a, a big conference that felt you know, pretty much as safe as it could be when we went. It was really great. They required that everyone had to show proof of a test to get your badge. There was a lot of opportunity to do things outside. I think everybody, we give me nice to have educators to say thing. I think when you talk about going in person or going back to school, people say they're excited and anxious. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's, that's the combination we're all in right now. But I think the excitement overwhelms you when you walk through the doors and you see somebody you recognize, even if they are wearing a face mask. Ask. And um, you know, you you get an opportunity to see people. So one of the th one of the things that I had, which just just was just that about that experience of why it's important to be in person, 
I feel like uh, like you and I, Robert, for example, have had established a deeper partnership and relationship in the past year talking this way, you know, using Zoom. It's been wonderful. But the serendipity of a live event. Uh, you're talking to one person and somebody else comes up and you're introducing people that might, might not otherwise meet. And when you're talking about entrepreneurship and ideas, you really want that ability to meet new people and forge new relationships. So I don't know. I mean, Kathy, we were there together and we were, we're in some of those rooms together and it was really exciting to, to, to meet right. new people. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Kathy, your thoughts? Well, yeah. And, and I've said this to Lisa before, uh, to me, it, it was great, no doubt about it. It's a little bit overwhelming. You know, there were 700 new startups. Wow. Um, but I did think the three winners of, of mm -hmm. the startup um, uh, contest that they had actually were all very much in education. One was a parent program. One was a liter early literacy program, which looks at the trends, parents, early literacy. And the other one was really more in that career uh, it was a program for interns to place them in the right places and careers. So I would say those were probably three top trends and the three people who won the competition, it, it kind of, sh you know, showed that. But um, I thought it was, I thought the, um, the, the small group uh, meetings were excellent. Uh, again, I just think there's so many to choose from, but right. as far as the trend, I think there were a lot of um, customers talking, not just people talking about their Interesting. product. Interesting. So it was a good mix of industry and education leaders. Really and I think that's idea. really important that we try to nurture at our summit because mm -hmm. you get that uh, synergy, right? You you need to understand the pedagogy and uh, the problem solving. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, the advice I give to startups is solve a real problem. Do your homework and solve a real problem. Because if you're not solving a real problem, then you're just going to spin your wheels. And if you don't have a pedagogical expert on your team or someone like yourselves engaged as an advisor, you will you will you will not accelerate the, the pace that it requires to be successful. Yeah, I think Lisa probably sees the same thing is mm -hmm. that more and more companies are really digging in to have a research-based product. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, we talked about that yeah, for years, yeah. but now the companies that are moving ahead have, uh, and it's all on their websites. You can see where the research is. Right. Know? It's that to it's achieve that, that deep learning, as Dr. Michael Fullen, another fine Canadian, will say. Yes, fine <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what are some, uh, so, uh, what are some of the greatest uh, needs that you see in EdTech that, uh, that you need to be mindful of and uh, from a priority area. And then you have that Biden edict, you know, you know and, and, and massive funding. There's great opportunities for EdTechs, but yeah. you need to understand, you know, what the process and the priorities are. I'd like to have Lisa talk about the trends because she sees that yeah. in the webinars and I can jump in to talk about the funding. Sure. Well, I mean, I agree with Kathy. I, I think that if you're an ed tech startup or a new company or any company now that, I mean, what the administrators are saying is for them to buy something, you know, they have to trust it. They have to trust you. Mm. And so, you know, for the product, it has to have the research behind it. Um, the other thing they've been saying for quite some time is that you have to have the customer support and the professional learning. Because when you're talking about ed tech, it isn't about the device 
device. It's about the implementation mm -hmm. and how you use it, you know, properly. And so I, I do think that makes it harder for new companies where they may not have, it's harder for them to put all of that in place. Um, and Kathy, Kathy, you know, when they, when they get funding, like, a like an SBIR grant or, or some of these things, it doesn't even necessarily provide the money for them for marketing or any of these other things, but that has to be part of how you bring a product to market. If I could just add, uh, you hit on a very important point, uh, Lisa, regarding uh, installation and the, the implementation. I saw a, a report that was from um, a consortium in the U.S. that I shared in one of our reports. 85% of EdTech installs are estimated to fail. Like that was staggering. Mm, that just okay. like, that was just an aha moment for me. And I could relate to it, but I didn't think it was that high. So really, you know, at the end of the day, you better have your ducks in order and be professional and, you know, from the inception of the deal to, you know, close and beyond mm -hmm. and ongoing. It's so vital, isn't it? Well, it's, you're also making me think about the fact is we see that in what we do with EdWeb and just providing professional learning, which is that the degree of customization that a district wants for a solution can be a really high hurdle as well. It isn't like you can create one implementation that works for every district. So right. you've got to be willing to adapt for them. Yeah, yeah. you really have, thoughts? To, you have to really take care of your customers. I would say right. all the companies I work with, client services is really, and everybody's expanding 100%. that. Because if your customers aren't happy, <laughs> Uh, it's it's not going to work. And you're going to keep going back to your customers with new products. It's hard to get to new customers today because mm -hmm. you can't reach the superintendent. You can't reach the cabinet people. They have their mind on so many you know other things. So they're either going to go to your website to see what you're doing or you're right. going to go back to your customers who know you. Mm -hmm. and, and communication. I, one of the things we do, great points, uh, we have weekly check-ins with our clients. Mm -hmm. And I found that was really powerful because it keeps everyone accountable, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So to have a, a weekly check-in, uh, particularly early on in the implementation, perhaps, but, but uh, you know, communication is our thing uh, mm -hmm. amongst yeah. us. And, and so we're, we're very mindful of that. But um, well, and there so, are increased ways for them for you know them to share that information with each other too. So right. if you're a solution provider and you know you you haven't done what the district hoped or whatever, there's more opportunity that that information will spread uh, to others. Right. Kathy. Yeah, I'd like to take a stab at the funding piece because I think that okay. has everybody confused. There mm -hmm. is, there's a lot of money to be spent but you better know where they're, where they're spending it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most schools are looking at, you know, testing, vaccinations, air purification systems, furniture, you know, moving things so kids can be social to infrastructure. I talked to right. someone today and they're spending all their money on uh, infrastructure. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. So you need stable internet, right? You need, yeah. you so need the pipe. You yeah. definitely do. So I tell people that I know, if you have a, 
a special ed or SEL program, there's funding in those areas. Look at where that is, but you have mm -hmm. to know where your product fits in. If you think you're going to walk into the school and say, you have a lot of money, you know, we'd like to get some of that. It, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's really, you have to understand how you can help. It's how can we help you? It's not, I want to sell you something, right? Yep. It's, it's a partnership yeah. really is yeah. what it comes down to. Uh, so you highlighted some of the trends that are emerging. Um, are, are we going to, is this hybrid learning going to be a thing that stays with us? Or is, are we going to see a great snapback as Dr. Steve Jordan from U of T talks about the danger of and teachers wanting to go back the way it was? I think teachers always wanted things to go back the way it was because it was a time that everybody understood Mm -hmm. what they should be teaching, how they should be teaching it. I mean, right now, there's so many new companies in mental health, telemedicine. I mean, all of SEL. I mean, I was telling Lisa last night, I, I, I'm on the advisory board for South by Southwest. Right. I 94 panel pickers I had to review. Half oh. of them were SEL. You know, oh my. And how do you how do you then get through that noise? Differentiate from that. Yeah. Yep, in early childhood, I'm sure you see that, Lisa. Too, right. Early childhood. Um, yeah. Yep. Lisa? I mean, you know, when, when I think about ten years ago when we started, you know, if you put just iPad in the title of a webinar, you got this incredible attendance, and it was just right. how to do that. And I, I think that everybody is overwhelmed with the emotional and social aspects of teaching and you know responding to everything changing based on these conditions so rapidly and seeing the kids uh, the students need so much help and the families need so much help so i think i think it's just really hard for just us as humans to see how much everybody is dealing with and that is layered on top of trying to teach and help them learn. Absolutely. Now, you know, we've seen exponential growth amongst ed techs this past year. Mm -hmm. You know, the online learning solutions, professional learning. Uh, you obviously with EdWeb saw that, that growth. Um, you know, are we gonna see this continue this year? What, what's, what's in store? Because if they're going back, you know, tactile learning, you know, STEM robotics took a big hit. There were many companies that pivoted and started personalized kits for kids, virtual robotics. So that spurred on more innovation, which, you know, speaks to the agility of some of the companies and, and education. But uh, any thoughts I mean on... Kathy, I think that's kind of what you were talking about, which is in the beginning, everybody's kind of thinking, oh, now there's all this money. But mm -hmm. it's not going to be evenly distributed. And mm -hmm. it's going to be in certain specific areas. So yeah, people should stay in their lane. If they're an early That's a good expression, program, Kathy. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be an early literacy program. Sure, they could look at special ed funds. Sure, they could look at SEL funds. But they could mm -hmm. look at early childhood funds, literacy. It's really trying not to grab everything that's out there, but know your product, know where it fits, and then go after that specific kind of funding. Yeah. You're looking at all these general funds, they're going to be spent to keep right. kids safe, kids safety. Mm -hmm. Safety yeah. is paramount and well-being 
and helping well, wellness at, is big. at the end of the day, it's really helping all kids thrive. And that's, that's the impetus for us to start our golf tournament with the Toronto district. Mm-hmm. And as, as Lisa said, <coughs> you can't forget our teachers either. Right. They're having really some mental health issues. You're frozen. Uh, yeah, I think Robert froze. Yeah. But you can't, um, I mean, te- teachers are struggling. I mean, look at finding good teachers, finding mm-hmm. substitutes. You can't find substitutes for schools. Yeah. You know, I know right. several people that are principal superintendents, they end up being the substitutes. Mm-hmm. The teacher calls Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. another element that we have to deal with. And storytelling. I, I think some advice I would share is that, Companies need to tell their brand story and the impact they're making mm-hmm. and authentic storytelling with, you know, the the district or the school or the educator that they've impacted. How important is storytelling that you see in, in the U.S.? I think storytelling definitely is important. It's becoming more. And amongst important. kids, too, you know, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. kids are. Think, yeah. Amazing. And, you know, Lisa knows I, I have a niece who's a teacher and a nephew. And, and they have kids at home. So it's been hard for them. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're struggling going back with the mask thing and parents are not happy with it. And, you know, but but I have to say, just from, you know, watching my niece and her friends, what what I saw, what they did is they spent more time outside, outside than they ever mm-hmm. had because they mm-hmm. couldn't be inside. So they would take the kids on hikes. They teach parents. They'd be out there, you know, and I thought that was kind of cool because, again, it was another silver lining. I think that's a little overused, but it's like eating outside. Will we ever want to eat inside again if you're in nice weather? (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's it's great. Well, Kathy, to that point, I'm a real, you know, uh, hockey starts tomorrow. I'm in a charity golf game today. I sailed on the weekend. I'm very active. And I that's like your life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel blessed to yeah. do what I do, but you create your life and you create your future and 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 modeling. Teachers need to model. Teachers tend to neglect themselves because they're so giving. And I think well-being on the part of teachers and and modeling that for kids in physical activity and outdoors, uh, there's studies that show that it's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you've You've shared that kind of information, uh, Lisa, and talked about that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, when you were talking about the idea of some of these news are uh, asking about some of the new startups that are exciting, mm-hmm. I, I think um, it linking uh, learning with some of the experiences that really um, connect with your emotions so right. that it engages the students more, but also improves memory. So um, one of the finalists in mm-hmm. at ASUGSV was Musology, who I know, um, I think I introduced you to Lana Israel, and she came on and did a podcast with you, I think. Right, yes, yeah. she did, so, from Buffalo. So music to, you know, using music to learn algebra yeah. equations, right? And there was some, a wonderful uh, company at, uh, at ASU GSV doing experiential. Their experience had been as camp counselors, you know, when they saw, you know, the ex- what it meant to, you know, explore the outside and, and connect that to learning. So I, I think we need to think more about how we get out of the classroom or, or bring other things like music into the classroom that make a stronger emotional connection. You know, what's interesting is in part of the background, no one's I'm in a shopping mall and kids tend to melt down on occasion when the (laughs) parents take them away from their kids playground, indoor playground. 
But uh, there was, uh, speaking of music, there was a music teacher uh, who won our, our contest, Melissa Burns, who's actually keynoting the closing keynote of our summit. She was on stage actress, Broadway, went into teaching because wanted to be closer to her husband. She traveled so much, was teaching music. They took her instruments away, not allowed to sing. So she gets into esports, and their school won her Schools of the Future Challenge because she pivoted and was all about engaging kids in different ways yes. and embraced, found STEM and esports <laughs> as a result of the roadblocks that she faced from her board because of mm -hmm. COVID. How yeah. fascinating is that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these are lifelong skills too. When you think about right. it, when you think what you said, being flexible and, you know, being, you know, able to, you know, communicate what some of the issues are. I mean, problem solving, you can go outside, you can do a lot of things. I mean, these are things that kids need to know. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, teachers are, are the, being very creative about, you know, how they're ha handling this and keeping kids excited. Mm -hmm. passionate. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, one, one of the things you mentioned was learning loss and people yes. get nervous about that. They don't want to hear learning loss. Mm -hmm. The right. word that is like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. We want to hear about the great opportunities there are for kids to bring learning alive. You know, Absolutely. And it will happen. And there were a lot of opportunities to learn at home, outdoors, in the backyard, and all the tools you have in the kitchen, in the garage, yeah. or what have you, to explore and and get immersed. A lot of kids right. are cooking with their yes, parents. Right. Yes, right. It's not yeah. even fun. I talked to one person who was teaching kids how to make bread. You know, yes. it's, it's measuring. It's everything. It's a great I mean, math and science people really, experience. really got through it, you know? Yeah. Well, I love your positivity. Uh, I'm so pleased and honored to have the time to connect with both of you today. Any uh, final thoughts to share as we get set for back to school and and for well, I great was things just thinking and of, opportunities to come. I, I was thinking about back in February, we did a virtual conference and we had a panel with students. And it was really great to hear what they had to say about what their experiences had been. And for everything that's going on, when you think about where we are in our evolution uh, with technology, one of them said, at least we have tech. And, you know, you can say wow. a lot of positive and you know, the way we can do it. But, you know, if this pandemic had hit five years ago, yep. I don't know, four years mm -hmm. ago. Um, so some of these things we've talked about, we have the ability to share those ideas now in ways that we didn't have before. If somebody's got a great way to connect for education with music, experiential learning, cooking, you know, whatever that is, we have platforms that can help help us all learn about that and have those ideas spread. So that, that, that makes me feel good that we have ways to accelerate. So, 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 um, you know, not, not the loss, it's the acceleration. And I think that yeah. we can accelerate. Well said, Lisa, and I love your positivity and mindset is so vital today, isn't it? To have that growth mindset. We all yeah. need that mindset that Kathy's writing about. We all need the mindset. Kathy, tell us mindset. a little more about that. Yes. Well, again, we took, uh, we looked at people around the world, you know, international wow. people. And it's, you know, women, you know, uh, it's focused on women, but that doesn't mean that, I mean, it's like my book, the other book, yeah. Phyllis Shumway. I mean, a lot of men read the book, you know. Sure, I 
I had a I had a few copies of it actually. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, but the entrepreneur, what makes a good entrepreneur? And it is those kinds of things you're talking about. I bet a lot of the people mm -hmm. who were at home with their kids could have been, you know, thought of entrepreneurs by thinking mm -hmm. of new ways to teach things, like Lisa said. Um, well, with so, that. And when is the book going to be released, Kathy? Because I was at your book signing in Toronto. We'll have to do another one in Canada. <laughs> in yeah, absolutely. We'll host you here at the MindShare Workspace. January. I would yeah. love to do that because we're we're an innovation center and an incubation center of sorts. So that would be so apropos. With that, I want to be mindful of your time. And yep. uh, Kathy Hurley and Lisa Schmucky, thank you again. Thank you, Robert. Catching up. It's always fun. Thanks for thinking of us. Pleasure. Yes, that was at least Lisa Schmucky, the CEO of EdWeb, and Kathy Hurley, uh, Hurley and Associates, and my mentor back at the Learning Company days. We didn't even talk about Kevin O'Leary. We'll save that uh, for another, <laughs> that for another day. <laughs> yes. My name is Robert Rinalacci, the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out Triple W Mindshare Learning to get your latest issue. Until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve.